I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and just on fire tonight. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> on fire. Now, <clears throat> where, where to begin? Where to begin? Um, <laughs> the people the people been ready. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I, I don't want to like disappoint in this. It, it's kind of like depressing but when when i was so pissed off at the beginning of the season when um those first few games happened when fiery isaac was born exactly it was because there was this expectation of oh my gosh this is the team we have uh we had this expectation on what how the uh, the team was supposed to play together and luca and the team, the organization, I put it out there. The playoffs is, you know, goal. Obviously, with the trade, the pick, and just all this different stuff. I was mad because it was an immediate reaction to, holy crap, they're not playing like they should. Holy crap, like this thing, like these things ain't working out like they should, and like we expected. Now I don't get as, and this is how sad it is. I don't get as mad watching these games because. I've almost just come to expect it. Like, there's nothing that's changing. Like, that's the thing that just pisses you off because there's nothing that changes. Like, when you have, when we talked about those five-man lineups that have played 280 minutes together, and that starting unit is one of the worst in the league, but it's played some of the most minutes in the league, you got to change something. And when you're going down the drain like this, like, this is just a slow spiral down and down and down. Like, you got to change something. So, like, <clears throat> I'm not as mad tonight because... I've almost come to expect it because you can only beat the dead horse so many times. Like you can only go through these games and go through these rotations and keep things the same and nothing like if, if nothing's going to change, I I don't expect that much difference. So that that's the, I'm not as, I'm not as mad as I would be at the like beginning of the season because it's just kind of like, dang, like, okay, this sucks because well, this sucks, but what do you expect if not, if they're not going to change anything, you know? It does suck, but Isaac Harris. <laughs> Obviously, today we are going to be diving into the Mavericks 107-97 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, their third loss to the Lakers this season without LeBron James. Uh, the Lakers were without LeBron James, and the Mavericks still end up losing the game, and... Uh, they were without LeBron, and then Kuzma was back, and Kuzma went four of four for twenty from the field, and the Mavericks still lost. Uh, explain that one for me. Like their second leading scorer, their current leading scorer on the team, uh, with LeBron out, went four of twenty, and the Mavericks still lose uh, at home. By the way, it's not that like this is a road game. We can no longer just point to oh, this is the road. This is the way they play on the road. This is the way they play at home. It was almost like in the second half. Uh, they went to the locker room and Carlos said, "Hey guys, guess what? We're not playing at American Airlines Center anymore. We're playing at the American Airlines Arena in Miami. Did you guys did you guys forget that? <laughs> we're playing completely somewhere else." And they came out and just played the second half as if they were playing in a different arena and not at home and it was it's wild. So we'll dig into that. We'll got we have some other stuff 
we'll uh, we'll catch up on. Dirk was also on the wing, winning it, winging it, winging it. I want to say winning it, and I I think I typed win, winning it, winning it. It's such a hard thing to say, winning it. But he's on the Winging It podcast with uh, Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore. So we'll talk about that a little bit. There's a couple things in there I want to mention. And then uh, we'll talk about what the Mavs need to change. Because we'll, let's start ma- let's start suggesting some changes. Because you know, we, we talked about how the Mavs need to make a change yesterday. And today let's start trying to figure out what those things need to be. Uh, not just what they could be, but what they need to be. So, all right, Isaac. Um, I think the biggest... So the, the first half of this game, the Mavericks seemed like they were in complete control. Uh, they were just offense was was going well. They had thirty three points in the first quarter. They were you know containing the the Lakers. The Lakers just weren't shooting that well either. They went four of eighteen from three to start or in the uh, in the first half. The Mavericks hit six threes. They're shooting fifty four percent from three. They uh, they just they were dominating the boards. I think it was 29 to 19 in the first half in favor of the Mavericks on the boards. Scored 67 points in the first half. It just looked like they were going to ride and coast to another, you know, good Mavericks home win. And then the third quarter happened and the Mavericks scored 13 points. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Um <clears throat> I I don't even know where to like really start with it. Dwight Powell, okay. Why he's still shooting threes? I've never. I don't. I don't know which is more. Um, which is which is more beating the dead horse? Dwight Powell shooting threes or or Rick's rotations right now? Like, of what what is not when when Tyson Chandler is literally. Which I mean, for Mavs fans, it's not that big. It's not you know something that we haven't seen before because it's what DeAndre does a lot of just kind of hanging out in the paint. When Tyson Chandler. This is just a rule of thumb if you're playing in the NBA. If your defender, if you have the ball on the three-point line and your defender is standing there looking at you inside the paint, you probably shouldn't shoot it, okay? Because that means you're not a very good three-point shooter and Dwight Powell still shot it. I'm just, I'm really curious on if this is just a Dwight thing or or if the if coaches are still telling him, hey, like, you still got the green light. If it's one of those things, you know, to where it's like, hey, um, shoot it. Just keep on shooting it. You'll shoot out of your slump. Yeah. It's becoming too much longer, too too long of a slump for you to um, reach that point now. So, but, I mean, yeah, it's definitely uh, not. Newsflash, we're 40 games into this season, and we're also, what, four years, three years into the Dwight Powell experiment, and shooting through, we're two years into the Dwight Powell shooting threes experiment. And guess what? He played his best basketball when he stopped shooting threes last year. So, Huh. What the the circle of life with Dwight Powell when we started when we took over this podcast almost two years ago and I it, that that was all I would do is just hound on Dwight Powell for for shooting these threes and the amount of money he made and how they were trying to make him to the stretch five or four or whatever position and all this stuff then the joke that for our podcast for the longest time was Dwight Powell actually started playing well because Rick Carlisle changed his role. For the longest time, the- Isaac wouldn't admit that Dwight Powell had improved as a player at all and would only say that Rick Carlisle changed his role. Because I, because he stopped shooting threes. They cha- he literally changed his role and said, hey, stop shooting threes, turn him into this rim-rolling five. In which Solely a rim-running five. You're not going to play anything else. You're just going to be a rim-running five on offense. 
And then on defense, you, you switch out on guys and you grab boards, and that's what you do. That's the best version of Dwight Powell. Somewhere along that point and now, the old, uh, the old Dwight Powell is starting to creep back into his life. Uh, and, hey, now we can maybe go back to turn you into that. And that's just not what it is. Once again, there's no reason <coughs> there's no reason for Maxi to play four minutes. Like in two separate on. stretches, too. It's not like, like he played it's not like he played four minutes total and then he didn't play again. He played two minutes here and then two minutes there and just did not play again. And it's not like uh, it's not like Maxi it's the analytics shows that he can't play, or it's not like he hasn't uh, shown that he can you know, defend or at least hit a three before. Hey, you Why? know who's leading the team in plus minus? It's probably Maxi. It's Maxi at four, at plus four point seven. You know who else? You know who else on the team is positive one or above? Who? No one. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. It felt like tonight watching the game. It felt like <clears throat> this was um, kind of like a, a YMCA. Or uh, a lifetime or something. And it's like these guys come in, like a college guys or something, and they roll up in with their homies and their friends. And, you know, some of the businessmen in town are playing on their lunch break. And they've been playing, you know, they played a couple games in a row, won a couple. And a bunch of the college guys come in and say, hey, okay, we got next. And they play them and they just run them out of the gym. And the businessmen just like, we're just tired and they just didn't give the effort. And I think tonight was, uh, a huge effort thing. There's too many plays in which it just seemed like they were just uninteresting and playing defense, and which makes no sense because Lakers coming off on a, on this back to back and a like road back to back. The without the LeBron thing is like I, I totally get. It. I'm not like discrediting that, but it almost I think it should inspire these young guys for the Lakers because a lot of these guys like Brandon Ingram that has not been playing as well alongside LeBron. Holy crap! This is your time to get the ball in your hand and show people what you are. And he did. Like he, he played a great game, and so it, it kind of just. I I completely agree with you. This team's been terrible without LeBron. They've been absolutely awful without him. And there's been a lot of talk about, well, you know, look, they can't even play well without LeBron, and they can't play well with LeBron, and just all this talk about Ingram and you know and Josh Hart and and Luke Walton and just all this talk. Like there's a lot riding on the the Lakers tonight to to go in there and win this game. And even, you know, I tweeted out Laker film room. Uh Pete Zayas tweeted out, I'm pre mad for the Lakers if they lose this game tonight. He was like already like ramping up. He's like, if the Lakers lose this game tonight, it was just gonna be the bo- both teams had something riding on tonight where their fan base was going to be devastated and very upset if they lost this game because of how bad the Lakers had been coming in and the Mavericks at home, their record at home and then how bad they've been the last you know, 13 games or so. Yeah, and, I mean, you saw it. It seemed like, you know, I'm obviously not as familiar with the Lakers and how they run, you know, their games and how <clears throat> Luke coaches and stuff, but it seemed like they just, like, kind of unleashed them more. They like to run what, their games by running. <laughs> they run yeah. so much. <clears throat> and you know what? If you're playing the Mavericks and a Mavericks team that has DeAndre Dirt. Jordan uh, and, and Luka – Who's not, you know, the, in the greatest shape? Not this will, he should be in better shapes in the years to come. But if I'm playing the Mavericks, that's exactly what I'm doing. And a team that is filled with the second unit of Dirk and JJ and Devin and, you know, these type of guys, like I'm running 
And I'm and you got the Lakers, you got these young guns who just run up and down the court as many times as you can. And I mean, it just it it was very it was very hard to watch the game because there was just so many. I don't want to put a single player on blast, but uh, uh, there was just so many possessions. Where it <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> where it just seemed like it's it just players just stopped. They just start you know stop trying and giving, and that that's when it turns into a hey like what's going on as far as like the connection between players and coach players with players, something along that route. And that's why we said on yesterday's pod. And that's why we'll say it again. Something's got to change. Like you can't, if you, if you're going to in, in the city and you go down an alley in the city and you get mugged and you walk down the next day and you get mugged again. And then you walk down the next day and you get mugged again. How many times are you going to walk down the alley? Like how many times you got to change up something, change a direction, change, you know, something you can't just keep on going down or down this path. And it, it goes back to where these expectations were set and how the playoffs were the goal <coughs> and all this stuff. And like, this is what you're building towards. This is what your, your goal is for the season. And we're reaching a point now to where that goal might have to start changing. And it's not, not going to be a, a goal of, tanking that's out of the picture that's not even gonna happen i don't know why people want to bring up zion and like all this stuff that we're too far out from that and that that just ain't gonna happen so don't even get your mind in the tanking category i think where the goal shift will be is can you doing all all costs to get to the playoffs or doing all costs to find the next piece around luca and that's the that's where your goal Anyway, to keep the pick, you'd have to absolutely lose every single one of your games for the rest of the season. They're, they're just not going to go down that. They're not even. Gonna, it's not worth it at all. No, it's not. They have eighteen wins. The Cavs have eight wins. The Suns have nine wins. It's just not. It's not worth it at that point. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's start talking about what needs to change, Isaac. All right, so we mentioned we mentioned a little bit earlier that Maxi Kleba only got you know, just under five minutes in this game. Uh, he comes in and immediately blocks Kuzma, which I thought was kind of fitting. Like, hey, you need some defense in this game. You need some rim protection. You're getting no rim protection from your starting center, and you need something like that. So you bring in Maxi. He blocks somebody at the rim immediately. <laughs> just kind of a a nice, you know, uh, k- kind of a nice like little hey, I'm here, <laughs> I'm here, yeah. I can do things. And it is sad that uh, that because bringing Dirk back in the lineup, Maxi is now like just completely out of the rotation some nights and some and in some rotations too. If you think of a rotation as a literal rotation, like you go th- you cycle through starters, bench players, back to starters, he's literally being left out of rotations. Not not for a full game, but for rotations. And then he gets this this weird time. What was in the second quarter? Where he comes in for two minutes. And he comes in instead of Dennis, and it was just kind of weird, you know. Just it's just very odd the way that these the rotations have been. Uh, and then in the second half, you need some energy, you need a, a pump of something, you need some defensive plays. And Dorian Finney-Smith played uh, four minutes in the second half. There had to been there had to been something with him, had to been some kind of injury or something with him because I just don't understand how. You need energy, you need something, you need something to change, and you just play your, your energy guy off the bench four minutes. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if it is a um, them just trying – we joked about it last podcast, about them just trying to showcase some guys of, hey, 
what would it do to Dwight Powell's value if you just complete benched him and he, he's getting DMPCDs and then compared to putting Maxi out there? Is this a way of um, saying, is this a way of holding back potential huge offer sheet for Maxi and with the hope of, hey, like going into the summer, other teams looking at me like, well, he couldn't even crack the rotation when they were um, – when they were struggling, so we might need to hold off some big offer sheet or something like I that. I can't imagine the Mavs are doing that for Maxi. I can imagine the showcasing Dwight thing, but I can't imagine that they would just sit Maxi in order to not get him a, a contract. Why else summer. would they sit him though? To, because they have to do the other thing. They have to showcase the other, you know, showcase Dwight, and they're playing Dirk. Okay. You can't That's have you can't have both things. You can't have you can't showcase one and then. True. True. Leave the other out with Dirk, um, with Dirk included in there as well. As far as what they should do, I mean, I gave my opinion on this a few pods ago. You swap Wes Matthews and Dorian Finney-Smith, and then you swap Maxie and Dwight Powell. If it purely, in my opinion, about like trying to win. Just results. It, if you're just straight looking for immediate results. Yes, without a roster shakeup. I think a roster shakeup needs to happen. I mean, it something's got to If if your goal is still to make the playoffs and that's just where it gets. <clears throat> but if it's if, not, what if, is it? What is no, their okay. goal if, it, if it's not to make the playoffs? Okay. If you, if they still have their pick for next year, how would you view what's going on right now? Oh man. The, the, the tank, the tankers would be out in droves right now. If the Mavs still had their pick, I would, I don't know. Luca just changes so much. I can't. That that's the thing. Like I just, you you would ask somebody like, what would that do to somebody like a Luca that has won all of his life at the best at the top level to to say, hey, we're gonna go out here and lose. We talked about this all last year with Dennis. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so that's you know I I don't even like the losing thing is. And even like if we still if we still had the pick, I feel like there would be people out there saying, "Man, are they are they really are they trying to secretly sabotage this whole thing <laughs> with how like how they're running things?" Because I could hear that argument. Like, couldn't could you not? Like, I could hear it and be oh, like, "Oh, for sure." Oh, yeah, it happened last it. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but now it's like what you said. What is you know <laughs> what is the goal if, if it's? But there's just it's becoming too large of a sample size to like understand some of it. But even if they had their pick, let's you know they get it. They get in the draft and they've got their choice of like a reddish or an RJ Barrett, you know, or, or somebody like that. What if you take them and they end up being like a Bamba that's going to need time to develop, or like Dennis that's going to need time to develop? Do you really want two guys like that next to Luca? <laughs> it's kind of where I am right now. Is I don't know. Yeah. Even even if they could tank, even if they could get a high draft pick, I would probably try to trade it. <laughs> I would probably trade that for for you know a player that can win now because Luca can win now. <clears throat> yeah, that, and that's where you come down to if they decide at some point to get rid of Dennis or you know swap him out with a different piece. Not get rid. Roll. I don't. I don't like using that phrase. People you, people tweet it all the time at me to get rid of players. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not, not what Isaac rid. means either. No, no, no. I'm saying if they decide to swap him out with another piece alongside Luca, what? What route would they go? Would they go with another guy on a similar timeline as Dennis, but um, a different type of fit? Or would they try to get a more of a win-now player 
for somebody like Dennis. That that's the only thing. And like we we tread lightly around the Dennis you know subject because we're a big fan of him and we've talked about him a lot. Yes, but. But there's still like games like I know Luca, you know, fans just come out of the hives over this. But but like, there's still game. There's still too many games to where it, he's just like forgettable, and like we yes. like he has to be a for the Mavericks to take that next step. He has to be that second or third guy. And right now he's just another guy in the starting lineup. And that's when you see when you look at top ten draft picks over the past year or so. When you see guys like a De'Aaron Fox or a Markinen, you know guys like that, Jason Tatum. These guys are top ten draft picks that are making next huge steps in their career. Now, yes, has Luca changed Dennis's progression some? Absolutely. I'm not putting that all on Dennis at all, but <clears throat> that's where these expectations come from. And when you tank, or I don't want really to say tank, but when you lose so much in a season and you get this, you know, this cornerstone piece. There, you got to figure that out. Like in the whole Luca thing, we've said a thousand times. Luca being so good right now has sped up this timeline to where that you got to figure some stuff out with that. And but that there's something off with it, and they just got to change something. Could you switch Dennis and JJ? No. And that's the thing we've talked about that we've talked about a thousand times with the starting unit. There's a storyline with each. You can't bench Dennis. Like you just can't do it. The Dennis, like I just said, is, is supposed to be that next piece. You can't you can't bench your top ten draft pick from last season. You just can't do that. Uh, you can't do that for his development. I don't, in my opinion, <clears throat> you can't do that for his value going forward. In my opinion, like nothing like that. I want. I want Luca to work alongside. I mean, I want Dennis to be able to work alongside Luca. Benching him would be like say, admitting that he doesn't fit alongside Luca. So therefore, we're going to bench you. And then, like, what what does that even play in the future? So you can't do that. You can't bench Harrison Barnes because, I mean, he's making twenty twenty five million or whatever, and that's your like next best score. And then you look at the other, you know, that's, I think that's your three guarantee guys. And then you look at DeAndre and West, and like, that's, that's where the, <clears throat> that's where the conversations happen. I don't, I think you could, you could bench West and West is so much of a, a competitor and stuff. I think you could bench West, but still convince West that he would be a huge piece of the team still. Yeah. Like, like look, our bench is not playing very exactly. well. We need you, to, you know, we need you to do this. Yes, exactly. And his competitiveness and his like commitment to the team, I could see him like embracing that role and really like, you know, trying to adjust to that. I have no clue how DeAndre would take it. And if that was the case, if you're benching DeAndre, what are you what do you put in for that? <clears throat> like this guy, a, a guy DM me today that writes uh, on a national scale and he said, "Man, I'm all into uh, a pairing of Luka and Vucevic." Next, this coming summer and we were doing dming back and forth and i was like hey I, I like vucevic too but rick has defined roles in his offense and vucevic does not fit that rim rolling five and i like vucevic at the five so like that there's a reason why a bunch of us are like why does maxi not play the five because they view Maxi as a four. They don't view him as a five because the five has these defined roles like DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Powell have the same objectives. Like they have the same, 
goals and because they're the rim rolling fives starter and and bench so Vucevic as much as I do like him I think he's playing really really well he he just doesn't fit that role and now with could they embrace it and change up their system absolutely and change it up alongside Luca that would be really cool but we just haven't seen any evidence of that so that's the well and Carlisle used to play Duran O'Neal like that back in Indiana he had he had that was a kind of guy like that that can step out score a little bit do something different than just rolling yeah. He's done it before. It's not like yeah. we just have we just haven't seen him do it in Dallas. He hasn't had the personnel. Yeah. So hopefully Well, we, he, he kind of has Maxi now, but he doesn't give it a shot though. Yeah, but Maxi's not he's not a scorer like Vucevic is. No, but he could hit a three like unlike Dwight Powell. Can he? Yes, he can. I'll stop it. Don't say he's like Dwight Powell <laughs> shooting threes. He's not like Dwight Powell, but he's also not <coughs> shooting the three very well. And and I'll I'll throw this change out there, and this isn't a change that a lot of people talk about a lot. Ooh, that sounds like a great place to take a break. All right, Isaac, what's a change that not a lot of people are talking about? Take the reins off Luca. Rick Carlisle has has been very known for being a micromanager. This goes back to the Jason Kidd days, guys. Newsflash: Carlisle and Jason Kidd that was not a match made in heaven. Okay, there is some crazy. Crazy wild stories between that relationship. Some of them hit press. Some of them didn't. Everything. Hey, newsflash of why Rajon Rondo did not work in Dallas. Yep. Rick Carla likes running the show. He likes playing the puppeteer. Okay. There, Our girl Emma in Slovenia, which has been an awesome addition to Mavs Twitter. She's an awesome, fun follow. She gets up. She always tweets getting up super early to watch Mavs game and watch her beloved Luca and stuff. She tweeted out something the other day, and she was like, something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing. Y'all can go back and look at her tweets, of saying that it's not as fun to watch Luca now compared to Luca with his past previous coaches, both of his coaches before. And uh, I'm assuming uh, I know Igor was one of them, but I'm drawing a blank of the other one. And how they, <clears throat> it was more fun system they ran about uh, around Luca, and it was kind of like them allowing Luca to be Luca, and how it's not as fun to watch Luca in this Dallas system. And that's where I think we're gonna have to reach a point to where when is it? When are we gonna reach a point to where they're just gonna completely let Luca be Luca? And I know Rick is a mastermind when it comes to a lot of these things. In the playoffs, Rick Carlisle, man, that that's where Rick is Rick. That's where Carlisle gets the wizard you know, title and is just a, a, a brainiac when he comes to these matchups and figuring out how to play these certain matchups in a playoff series and back you know, the playing the same opponent, you know, multiple times and all that stuff. That's where you see Rick work his magic. It's but when are we gonna see Rick f- loosen the reins some and he's talked about it some with with Luca and stuff at end of games and stuff but I want to see Luca run the show and have the ball even more and how and obviously we're talking about it and obviously I don't know exactly how many times he runs plays and stuff it's just there's a there's a, a reputation there and I I just yeah I would like to see the reins loosened up a little bit for Luca. And you see, you see this from from the Mavs offense. You see every time Luca, you know, is the one that that brings the ball up. You, know, you think, okay, cool, this is something cool is going to happen. Luca has the ball, something good's going to happen, and then he just 
passes it to to DeAndre, runs to the corner. Somebody else runs up from the other corner, gets the ball at the top of the key, and then then an action happens from there. And you're you're just saying, what are we doing? What what is this? It takes so long to get into it. Why are we just running this this offense? That there's there's time tonight uh, where the Mavericks ran that exact thing where Luca brings the ball up, he just kind of like slowly passes it over DeAndre. And then West comes up and he gets the ball at the top of the key. West does his dribble thing where, you know, you're like you think that he's going to turn it over three times in the middle of his dribble, and then somehow he gets it out to Dennis, and then Dennis kind of like does something, swings it over to Harrison Barnes, who has to like chuck up a shot really, really quickly. And you're just saying, what is this offense? Like, what are what are we running here? What are what are you even doing? And the best times for the Mavericks this year have been these end of the fourth quarter where Luca just has the ball and does stuff, just go do stuff. And we're seeing, you know, a guy like James Harden do this kind of exact thing. All he's doing is these high pick and rolls and he's just making stuff happen because he's just such an offensive genius and making the offense happen for his team. And and Mike D'Antoni's kind of just let him, he's unleashed him and he's doing these crazy things. He's averaging 40 points for, for December. Yeah, I mean, gosh, and and we've seen Lucas step back. He can do that exact exact same move already. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, you got to have players to buy into that too, right? And that's the you know, that's the part that we don't know is if Rick really unleashes uh, Luca and allows Luca to be fully Luca. Will the other players embrace that? Have the players have uh, have the all of the Mavericks have they? Have they fully admitted that Luca's their best player? In their minds, have they admitted that? And that's something that we don't know. We never will know. <laughs> Do but, we know that West Matthews has admitted that there is another player better than him in the world? Are you in or out on the headband? I'm out on the headband. I'm in. Actually, on the he- I'm in on the headband. I don't care. I actually like it. Either way, yeah. yeah. I thought the black was weird just because it was like I'd rather it be blue, <laughs> just because they wore those. Um, I was getting ready to describe the jerseys. <laughs> great Those jerseys, great city jerseys that you can buy uh, on shop. Yes, that you can go to the Mavs.com shop and and the, buy uh, some. I I'm in on the headband for this reason. I'm in because if we get West when he turns it over, airballs a shot or misses, if we get West to throw the headband off every single game. Maybe it'll get him to think more about the shots that he's taking. (laughs) That's my thoughts on it. So, so Dallas has, um, they have a turnaround. They'll have practice tomorrow or today. I was very excited about them having practice tomorrow. Oh, I'm sure the players are very excited also. Um, that should be a, a very interesting practice. They come back around. They host the Suns on Wednesday night. At home. At home. If this isn't a, I don't even know. Sons have lost six straight. I don't want to say revenge. If this isn't a um, recuperating game for them, a bounce back game for them, I don't know what is. I don't know what better opponent, what better situation. I guess Atlanta. You know, there's a couple out there. Chicago, maybe. Uh, Cleveland, yeah, that would be better uh, to face in this situation. But. if they lost Wednesday night, it'd be rough. We'd be tr- we'd be ready to trade everybody. Uh, there's a lot of people that that say that now and um, chill a little bit on it, but and they're not firing Rick. Yeah, that's just not gonna happen. So sorry, you're wasting your you're wasting your <clears throat> tweets. 
Yes, you're wasting your tweets and you know, just don't get up on. Yeah, there's no reason to attach yourself to that ship because that ain't gonna happen. To the ship. <laughs> um, Sh- yeah, you said ship. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Uh, uh, Sam Amico uh, tweeted that the Mavs expressed interest in a potential Kevin Love trade. Does that interest you or pique your interest at all? Uh, if, if Kevin Love is uh, fully healthy, yes. I think even if he's not, I'm not interested. Even if he's not fully healthy? Even if he's not injured anymore. <laughs> even if he's fully healthy, I'm not into it. Um, 30, million, need, 30 million I, I, a year for the next five years. Yeah, I would need to re- look at that contract one more time. There, it's, it's 28 the first two years, then it goes 31 the next two, and then it goes down to 28 the final year. And it's just all fully guaranteed. No options, nothing. <clears throat> so what I was saying earlier, if I could try to better describe it now, they're reaching a point in to where you have to decide. Like if the playoffs is the number one goal, then you make some moves or you switch some things around to just – and you, you hold off on, hey, we're going to make the playoffs, but we want to hold on to Dennis because we want to see what we truly have in Dennis. <clears throat> we want to make sure that, like, you know, Harrison Barnes, we, we really like Harrison, part of the community. He's a great great guy, and, you know, good player to have on the team. And, like, if – like, those type of guys, I feel, feel like we can agree if we went down the line outside of Luca, outside Luca and Dirk, obviously – you know, Dennis and Harrison, I would say they, they really don't want to trade them. And then it would come down to the West and Dwight's and um, like. Did you throw Harrison you, in there? I said Dennis and Harrison are like two guys they don't want to trade for the most part, I, in my opinion. They don't. They wouldn't want to. They wouldn't want to. Yes. And then then you get into the next group of guys and that you could maybe swap out and make that playoff run and all that stuff. Where the the goal could change is if they're looking at this and it's just a free fall and they're like, hey, you know what? I don't. We don't think we're going to make the playoffs, and we're not going to tank. Well, then your number one goal should turn into how can we find the next piece alongside Luca, no matter no matter the cost. That's in my opinion. That's what the the next goal should be. If you're not going to like, if the playoffs become a goal that's not going to be obtainable. And we're not there yet. I'm just saying if they keep on sliding <clears throat> and keep on sliding, like they're 14th in the West right now, I'm pretty sure, after this yeah, Lakers tied, loss. tied for 14th. So let's say, they keep, let's say they keep on losing up until the trade deadline. Then I think everything's on the table. And I think you really just go out there looking for, hey, where can we find the, the next piece alongside Luka? And could it be <sighs> Ryan Brokoff? Who knows? Could it be Ryan Brokoff? Could it be Ray Spalding? I wish Ray Spalding could get some run, but hey, we got Dwight Powell. Too many bigs. Too many bigs. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have threw uh, random trades at Nick over the past few days through Trade Machine. That's what we're and, gonna do tomorrow. Yes. Um. Sure. We'll just we'll just throw stuff out. We'll throw some stuff out tomorrow. Throw some stuff out tomorrow uh, if the Mavericks did uh, decide to go the trade route. Um, throw some teams out there that they could look at. We'll look at these rumors that's came out from Amico, uh, Sam Amico, and um, <laughs> what was the other one the other day? Scotto. Yeah. Scotto with the Auto Porter thing, which we briefly talked about. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll we'll create actual fake trades for those. Actual fake trades. It's kind of funny. We'll, we'll make actual fake trades for those. And then uh, Isaac, 
The trade deadline's a month away. It's crazy. I actually saw that today, February seventh. Um, we'll have to do no- we'll have to do another deadline dash. Yes, <laughs> gosh, deadline dash. I man, I whew, I, I want to say Dallas will do something before before that deadline. I just think that if you wait until right before the deadline, you can slide too far back, and you they're all <laughs> they've already slid some. And if you get in that hole far enough, then then you have to really question on what type of deal it is anyway. And but yeah, we're with all of you there. We're with all of the people on Twitter. There has to be a change. I get your frustration. There's a lot of times where I sit back and I play the the whole card of like, hey, chill, it'll be fine. Like, how many times have you heard that from like it, you were overblowing this? Like, <laughs> don't freak out. It's no big deal. You know, inter- no, I get it. I'm there with you. It, there's something up right now. There's something up with how the team is gelling, and some type of move has to be made. And I think a big shakeup should happen roster-wise. That's the thing. I feel like the roster shakeup should have happened first, like a while ago. I feel like we've just completely skipped that step into, hey, now they have to make a trade at some point. <laughs> when you could have like shook things up and at least tried that out, but now you're almost reaching that point in the season where it's just too far to say too far along to say, hey, let's make a, you know, a complete switch up and then give that a couple weeks. Well, if you keep on losing, then it almost negates the reason why you should make a big trade at that point. So they've almost they're reached that point in the season where, you, you yeah, it's something's got to change. And we, we mentioned that five-man starting lineup that's played so much. They've played over 280 minutes. and Or no, they've played over 300, 324 minutes now, and they've done it in 16 games. The only other five-man unit, there's only six other five-man units that have played at least 324 minutes. They've all done it in more than 21 games, and some of them in 30-plus games. So wow. what what that says to me is you've held fast to this group for so long that you really just wanted to see what this group can do, and you've held on to that for just you know for so long. And it's only 16 games. It really is not that much, but you committed so much time to that group that you've kind of rotten yourself out of some options now because they, they're just not, it's not good. That, that five menu is not good. We've it's like gone through. It's, it's like you going to, um, there's this place in Texas called Luby's and <laughs> it, it's kind of like a golden crowd. It's like, it's like Luby's being your like Sunday after church go-to restaurant, but it sucks every time. And you're like, <laughs> wow, you've went, wow. shade at Luby's. <laughs> But you've went there like 10 years with your family, and you're like, oh, this is just a tradition. We go here every time. This is what we got to do. And you're like, but it's just not very good. You know, like, why do we keep on going? That's tradition. The this stout, is what dude. we have. This, <laughs> this is where we're supposed to go. We've been going here for years. Uh, this is where we're supposed to go. And it like, that remind. it's it just like, this is the starting five of the Mavericks. Like, this is what we have. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what we built and what we've been doing. So we just got to keep doing it. No, there's other restaurants out there. You can go into all these different restaurants and try different things. You might as well try it, okay? Like, try something at this point. Oh, Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson signed each other's jerseys, and they they swapped jerseys and wrote notes on them to each other. Uh, did Brunson soak the sweat out of his? <laughs> oh, that's right. He doesn't get to play. <laughs> there you go. It's a good way to end it. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back with some more trades. We'll be back with uh, just some more maps talk about what moves need to be made. And then we will probably have a deadline dash. Last year we did, uh, I think, 15 pods coming up until the trade deadline. 15 pods in 15 days coming to the trade deadline. We do back-to-backs here on the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. 
Yes, we do. We do back-to-backs. We did a lot of stuff on the weekends. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll give it to you like it is, and we'll, we'll be honest with you. Some podcasts can't be honest with you and won't be honest with you. We will. Um, some podcasts won't do losses and wins and are only there with you on the mountaintops. We'll be there with you at the mountaintops and the valleys. Tell it like it is, Isaac Harris. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.